Welcome to the Wordy Girl Entertainment Podcast. I am your writer-in-chief, Rosalind Jackson. I am a lover of words, and that love led me to a passion for writing. And what's the next best thing to writing? Talking about writing. So kick back and join me for mind-blowing chats about writing, covering everything from screenplays to novels to poetry, from nonfiction books to songwriting, and much more. Ben Corey Jones is a screenwriter, producer, and showrunner who got his start in the prestigious ABC television writing program and was a staff writer on the ABC family drama series, Chasing Life. Ben was also a writer on the Amazon drama series, Hand of God, executive produced by Mark Foster. Both a comedy and drama writer, Ben produced a pilot presentation for an original comedy series, Bros, about three African-American brothers, two straight and one gay, each trying to find love in modern-day L.A., but screwing everything up along the way, which is now in development at a major network. Most recently, Ben is a writer and producer on the acclaimed HBO comedy series, Insecure, since his first season, starring Issa Rae and executive produced by Larry Wilmore. Between seasons one and two of Working with Ray on Insecure, Ben wrote for other prestigious series such as WGN's Underground. Produced by John Legend and run by Misha Green and Joe Pekoski, the action-packed historical drama depicted the lives of enslaved people in the American South. Ben produced a feature film, Stepsisters, along with his producing partner, Lena Waithe, which is currently streaming on Netflix. Ben also created and wrote a drama series, Candy, about a young African-American female mayor set in his hometown of Memphis, which is currently in development at Universal Cable Productions. Currently, Ben is the showrunner, executive producer of the upcoming BET comedy series, Boomerang, loosely based on the iconic 90s era film starring Eddie Murphy and Halle Berry. Lena Waithe and Halle Berry also serve as executive producers. Okay, well, welcome to the Wordy Girl Entertainment Podcast. Thank you for having Mr. me. Mr. Ben Corey Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so happy that you're doing this. And so we got to tell the people how we met. Yeah, it's a pretty an awesome story. Well, again, thank you for having me here. You're uh, congratulations on this podcast. Thank I love you. the name Wordy Girl too. That's thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, when you uh, reached out to me to do this podcast, I did mm-hmm. it without hesitation um, because uh, Rosalind was, um, I guess, one of the inaugural members mm-hmm. in a writing program that Lena Waithe and I started. Gosh, how long? When Ooh, was it? I, I guess like. 2011-2012-2013-2013-2013-2013-2013-2013-2013-2013-2013-2013-2013-2013-2013-2013-2013-2013-2013-2013-2013-2013-2013-2013-2013-2013-2013-2013-2013-2013-2013-2013-2013-2
you know, making sure that um, there were other young black writers specifically coming up behind us because she and I have both, I mean, we, had, we had met when we first moved out to L.A. We became fast best friends because we were like literally the same person. <laughs> and, um, and it, you know, we had worked as assistants for many years and we had broken into the business and, you know, we were working on shows or at least like in writer's rooms, mm-hmm. whether we were like staffed on shows or not. Mm-hmm. And when we were with the Writers Guild, we just sort of felt like, there really wasn't a focus on, there's a focus on getting people jobs, but there really wasn't a focus on becoming a good writer. Right. And so we wanted to start, and we really started this program on our own, she and I, mm-hmm. called the Aspiring Writers Initiative. And we we sort of modeled it after, because both, both she and I, um, ironically enough, did the Bill Cosby writing program. Ah. That's where she and I sort of like, we, we, we met kind of in their program also. Mm-hmm. And so we sort of took that model of like, you know, you bring in young people, mm-hmm. uh, you train them how to write, you split them, split them up between people who want to do features mm-hmm. and people who want, and people who want to do television. Right. And uh, you were one of those people in that program. Right. And I remember, <laughs> we, I remember um, we, uh, you know, table read your script, I think. And I we think did. we sort of, we, yeah, we had a mini writer's room for your script. We did. We um, did. And so, yeah, that's how we met. And so <laughs> just to see you working in the business still mm-hmm. is a big deal, I must say. So oh, thank congratulations you, thank to you. you because, I mean, you know, it's, it's a very tough business and to still stay in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to get to the writing side of it next. Sure, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, I really love the program that you guys started. I thought it was amazing, mm-hmm. and it, and it really like gave us an idea of what to expect. Yeah, you know, and um, I love how you guys gave us notes on yeah. our projects. And a lot of it wasn't easy. I mean, I th- yeah. I, I, just, I remember a lot of moments where I mean, I think we, we would meet with you guys maybe once a week, and you mm-hmm. guys would meet with each other because right. really we wanted you guys to form writers groups. Yes, mm-hmm. and. Uh, we would come in kind of like the writer's group chaperone. And a lot of times when we were giving notes or giving Mm -hmm. ideas to people, um, you know, sometimes like, I mean, it's a discussion, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a, Mm -hmm. it's a collaboration. Mm -hmm. Sometimes things can get challenging. Mm -hmm. um, But I also think we, we wanted to train you guys on, when you, when especially for television, well, for both TV and features, it's mm-hmm. all very collaborative. Yes. And you're gonna have to deal with a lot of people with different ideas about your work and how do you sort of make sure your work, your ideas, and your your motivation mm-hmm. and your purpose for what you're writing doesn't get lost. True, true. And you guys are really helpful with that. And um, I remember we used to laugh amongst ourselves with oh, getting Lord. notes from either you or Lena. And I'd be like, I want my notes from Ben. <laughs> Lena would like chop it down. Be like, listen here. Yeah, we definitely had a good cop, bad cop thing going on. And it's so funny because we sort of had, I mean, even though we, you know, we co-created Boomerang, mm-hmm. which I'm sure we'll talk about. Yes. Um, we kind of had that same, I mean, that's, it's just our personalities, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but then it's also like when 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 she notices I'm being a little more bad cop, mm-hmm. she'll become good cop. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, it's just it's like we, we work. It's a balance, <laughs> and we, we kind of have that shorthand with each other. Okay. And then I remember you guys had a couple of workshops for us uh, where you brought in yeah. professional writers for us. Yeah, we did. I mean, we, we brought in to mm-hmm. uh, Ramla. Ramla, yep, Ramla Muhammad, who was yeah. a writer on Scandal at the time. Oh, Scandal, yeah. Yep. She now has an overall deal at ABC. Oh so wow. She, yeah. So oh yeah, I did. Re- I did read that mm-hmm. recently. That's cool. And, and I remember then, we also brought uh, who. Uh, Justin, Justin Simeon yeah. of the famed Dear White People TV yeah. series and movie. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. That was That's pretty awesome. cool. And so tell me about your experience with the ABC TV writing program. 
Sure. Um, that is that's actually a really great place, I guess, to start my mm-hmm. journey because um, you know before I moved out, to, I've been in LA for about I guess eleven years or so now. Mm-hmm. And before I moved out here, I worked in Wall Street in New York City. Oh, okay. I did investment banking for one year, and then mm-hmm. I did communications after that. Mm-hmm. And while I was in New York City, and I realized that I wanted to become a writer, uh, a part of what I did because I'm, I'm I'm a nerd, like a lot of us writers. Um, <laughs> right. And so like I'm like, well, let me do my due diligence. Let me do my research. Mm-hmm. And I researched a lot of these writing programs. And uh, I just sort of set my sights specifically on getting into the ABC writing program. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the program that actually moved me to Los Angeles mm-hmm. is a program that was also at ABC, which they no longer have, mm-hmm. called the Production Associates Program. Oh, okay. and, um, and that program was really cool because here I, here I am coming from corporate America, um, and, you know, they selected 10 people out of, like, thousands that applied, you know. But I think because I was making such a big shift mm-hmm. and I, I really expressed to them my passion for TV, even mm-hmm. though I knew nothing about working in TV, mm-hmm. I got into the program. And that program was really cool because basically we were floater assistants mm-hmm. at ABC Studios. So we could go, I could go in any day at work and be an assistant mm-hmm. on a, a casting executive's desk or a production executive's desk or a creative executive's desk and so oh, wow. I tell people that that's sort of that was sort of my grad school and mm-hmm. it was only a mm-hmm. one-year program okay but however you talk about the mm-hmm. ABC writing program uh-huh. um that's a whole other story I remember um Karen Horn who I think she uh she's you know, I think she does talent development over mm-hmm. at NBC but I think she was running the writers on the verge program mm-hmm. at the time okay. she told me it was she said on a panel that it's easier to get into Harvard Business School mm-hmm. than it is to get into some of these writing programs in Los Angeles. Wow. That's deep. It's deep, right? <laughs> and when she said that, I was like, whoa. And so my my famous story about the ABC writing program is that it took me four years in a row applying until I finally got in. Wow. And I think when people read my bio, they're like, oh, he did the ABC writing program. But, you know, I intentionally leave out the fact that I apply for their program four <laughs> years in a row. And it's very interesting because, like, I would one year I didn't even I didn't even make the top 100, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. The second year, I became a semifinalist. I think the top mm-hmm. 25. The third year, I was another semifinalist. No, I think third year, I was a finalist. Oh, okay. And when they said that I was a finalist in the third year, I was. I think they selected eight people. Mm-hmm. I was number nine. Wow. And they called and told me that if somebody drops out or somebody can't make it, you're mm-hmm. shooing. I'm like, well, who's going to drop out? <laughs> exactly. Anybody going to drop out. You know what I mean? <laughs> they have to die. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like, well, I have to kill them, which I'm not going to do. <laughs> and so that was, you know, I, and I, I distinctly remember that year mm-hmm. being, ex- that being extremely devastating mm-hmm. because I was like, I was I was just this close. And I was also a uh, office PA on the mm-hmm. TV show Castle. So I was like, I was, I'm working on an ABC show. Mm -hmm. I have relationships with writers on this show. I know executives at ABC. Like Mm -hmm. I'm literally the perfect candidate to get into this program. And I didn't get in. I think that just goes to show like if you really want it. So fourth time was a charm for me and I got into their program. Oh, wow. Now what was the application process like? Yeah. I mean, I think it's still pretty much the same, but for us it Mm -hmm. was, I mean, I I identified very early on as a drama writer. Okay. Uh, I'm basically a TV writer because of the TV show, The Practice. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because I remember being in high school mm-hmm. and the practice would come on. And it was the first time in my life where I realized that 
there has to be writers mm-hmm. behind the scenes writing this stuff because mm-hmm. those show that show specifically was so dense. I mean, like somebody's writing these opening statements that the lawyers are doing yeah. and these closing arguments, mm-hmm. you know, and I, that's when I started to, to look at the little names that scroll across the screen that say mm-hmm. supervising producer, co-producer, um, co-executive producer. Those are just fancy names for writer. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and so I, and I realized that, but they were just sort of, that just kind of delineates the hierarchy of writers. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, just understanding that, that that writers write for TV was really important to me. So I, mm-hmm. so I, when I came to the program, I identified as a drama writer because okay. I like shows like The Practice. Mm-hmm. And so you have to write a spec and an original original pilot. Hmm. My spec that got me in to the program was because I think I, I, I may I may can remember all the specs that I wrote every all four years. Mm-hmm. I wrote a spec for The Good Wife. Okay. I wrote a spec for Shameless. I wrote a spec for uh, I think I wrote another Good Wife spec. Mm-hmm. The script that got me in was a Homeland spec. Ah. Because I thought like, I, I felt like I think everyone sort of has the idea like, let me write a spec that's similar to an ABC show. Mm-hmm. But I was like, well, Maybe they want to read. Maybe the readers want to read something completely mm-hmm. left field. Right. And so I wrote a homeland spec where there is a home invasion mm-hmm. in the first three pages. Wow. And a a young girl, a, a little girl, and her dad are killed. Oh wow! Was that the one that got you in? That's the one that got me ah. in. And so that's a, that's a. And then I had an original pilot. I think mm-hmm. was I had an original pilot called Ink. Okay. Because I used to be, a, I was a publicist on Wall Street, so I mm-hmm. did communications, and so I wrote, a, I wrote about basically, basically if the practice were a public relations mm-hmm. firm. Oh, okay. And, and I called it Ink because when I when I worked in communications, mm-hmm. our job was to get our clients Ink, okay. like get you in Vanity Fair or get you in uh-huh. Vogue magazine or get you in the New York Times, mm-hmm. and we would we would rate our. Our level of success was rate, rated upon how much ink we could get our clients. And so I wrote ah. that, I-N-K, I wrote that script called Ink. Um, uh, but that, you know, that's sort of a point that I want to make is, mm-hmm. you know, when you're applying for these writing programs, mm-hmm. you literally have to understand that they are reading hundreds of scripts. Mm-hmm. Right. And your first three pages mm-hmm. needs to be something so bananas. <laughs> like, you literally need to have, like the White House blowing up or oh, wow. something. Like, you literally... Because they're going to... and But because by page five, if they're mm-hmm. not entertained... Mm-hmm. One, they're reading a spec, which mm-hmm. is already a little boring. Right. Because it's not mm-hmm. an original thing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they're already like, okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. And so if you're, you know, if you're writing a spec script, which I think these programs still require that, mm-hmm. you have to write a spec script where... It's a murder-suicide on page one. Oh, wow. You know, it's an abduction on page two. Or if it's a, com- <laughs> or if it's a comedy, mm-hmm. you know, it is, you, I mean, the, the central problem needs mm-hmm. to be stated in the yeah. first page. Like, if the problem is, you know, it's a husband and wife, and they're going back home to mm-hmm. the to the in-laws house for Christmas, mm-hmm. the, the mother needs to show up flat drunk in the first page. Cause yeah. now we know where we're going to get our comedy mm-hmm. from. You know what okay. I mean? Yeah. It has to be, you got to put it out there very early. Mm-hmm. Especially, and also because this is a competition, mm-hmm. right. you know, right. you don't save anything to the end. In a right. Exactly. Exactly. You got to <laughs> start in the middle of it the whole way. <laughs> <laughs> That's really helpful to know because one of, I have a friend, um, I'm in a different writing group and, um, she was mentioning, she went, through uh, I forget what program it was but she got like the 
inside information of what they were looking for. Mm-hmm. And it was very specific. And, and she's like, nobody would ever know this. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that's why a lot of people don't get in. That's why a lot of people don't get in. <laughs> but I mean, if you really, if you really think about it, mm-hmm. and also I, I, I was a reader for the ABC program, mm-hmm. uh, maybe like three years after I did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I sat on this side. So that's why I can, I can't say this advice, but a part mm-hmm. of me kind of realized, cause like, again, I was applying and I wasn't getting in. Okay. And so I had to think about like, okay, what can I do differently? Mm-hmm. One, don't submit the same script. Even if you have rewritten it, mm-hmm. don't submit oh, okay. it, you know, because again, like it's, it's, it, it's, I don't know. I think you want to just push yourself to yeah. re- always constantly think of new ideas. Uh, and I just, I really had a moment. I'm like, I gotta, I have to do something different mm-hmm. to get into these programs. Cause I'm not getting in. Right. And I was like, all right, home invasion, page one. <laughs> That's, you know, uh, unfortunately a little girl dies, mm, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and when you're writing drama, mm-hmm. those are the things that really get you. Like I was watching, um, I'm, I'm going through all my Oscar screeners, mm-hmm. still going through my Oscar screeners. And I, I watched first man last night. Uh-huh. And not to spoil the movie, but if you watch the first 10 minutes of that film, Mm -hmm. you understand that um, Neil Armstrong, his daughter died, you know, Mm -hmm. in the first five minutes of that movie. Wow. His, you know, and then before his daughter dies, she has some sort of condition Mm -hmm. where he's trying to figure out like, and it's it's, it's a thing that doctors can't cure. Mm -hmm. So he's a you know, a physicist brain and an mm-hmm. astro- astronautical brain. Mm-hmm. So he's in his notebook trying to figure out charts and graphs and formulations to help his daughter's, I think, ca- brain cancer or something she had. Oh, wow. And in the in the first 10 minutes of that movie, mm-hmm. they bury that little girl. I'm in tears wow. already. That I, You know, I love movies that are TV shows that start off like yeah. that. Like, you know, start in the middle of action. And yeah. like, one movie I can think of that I saw recently that did that was um, Widows. Widows, okay. Have you seen that one? I haven't seen Widows. Oh, okay. But yeah. they immediately open in you can, the middle. You can middle. spoil it for me. I don't care. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I, actually, I actually like spoilers. Oh, okay. So we they start, um, first thing you see on the camera is um, Viola's character and Liam Neeson's character. They're like in the bed and they're mm-hmm. just kissing. Right. And so this, that's just like first thing you right. see. And you're like, okay. Love, kissing. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah. we're going to start. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I like, you know, movies and TV shows that that start like that because they yeah. immediately give you know give yeah. Attention. And even and even it's funny. I fell asleep on First Man because I I, <laughs> I I like put my screens on as I'm going to bed. Mm-hmm. And um, however, I'm immediately invested mm-hmm. in this character's journey now mm-hmm. because I know. Every decision that he makes moving forward mm-hmm. is predicated on his daughter's death. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. he's if he's if he's ex- exemplifying extreme courageousness, mm-hmm. I know why. Oh. If he's ex- exhibiting extreme hesitation, mm-hmm. I know why. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I lost my mother when I was a kid mm-hmm. to breast cancer, mm-hmm. and so to to for me to deny that there's so much of my walk through life that mm-hmm. is predicated upon. Um, how that affected me, right. you know, you, I'm clear about that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think for any character's journey, um, there's, there's a really good book called A Character's Journey. Oh, that I think, you know, maybe your listeners want to check out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think but I have that book. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's a really great book. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so when I watch that film, I'm, I'm really so invested in, in mm-hmm. that. So, anyway, <laughs> your spec and your pilot, uh-huh. I think you want to do the same thing okay. when you apply for these programs because... There, there are a lot. They're, they're, these people are reading a lot of scripts, mm-hmm. and you really, really want to make them. And I think this goes with anything. You mm-hmm. really, really want to make your reader 
um, fall in love with your characters. Yes. And falling in love and how you fall in love with the character mm-hmm. is to understand their pain, mm-hmm. understand their joy, just understand them, understand a like centrifugal moment in their life that changes everything. Right. right. You know, because that's the why. Why am I reading the script right now? Because mm-hmm. this thing happened to this character, which has now changed the course of their life. Yeah. Neil Armstrong's daughter dying at three years old mm-hmm. changed him forever. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's an important like marker. Yeah. For that for that character. Um, so what did the day to day, you know, thing? What, what was your day to day in the program? Yeah, what did I, you guys do? Yeah, we would go to the ABC offices every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, we were tasked with writing a new pilot mm-hmm. and a new because it's part of that part of the interview process is mm-hmm. that you have to pitch them a show that you would do. Okay. And you, you you actually pitch this in a room with ABC executives in the oh. excuse me mm-hmm. ABC executives in the room. So that is usually the script you're going to work on while in the program. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, we we uh, they would bring in speakers every now and then. But a lot of it, to be honest, was me and my fellow seven fellows mm-hmm. kind of getting to know each other. Oh, okay. We go to lunch every day. Mm-hmm. We would sort of share information. And also our job was to read every pilot script that was in development or because we, we're in the program during pilot season. Okay. And so ABC, for example, is... ABC in this case is picking up pilot after pilot every like every other day you read mm-hmm. you read the trades mm-hmm. and they picked up a new pilot and so we would actually have meetings on some of these shows mm-hmm. even if the shows hadn't gotten picked up yet okay. and you would want and obviously if you have a meeting on a show mm-hmm. for a staff writing job mm-hmm. you obviously want to read the script right <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's a must mm-hmm. it goes without saying but I'll say it <laughs> and you also if the if the pilot is available to watch you want to watch mm-hmm. the pilot I have a really funny story about inse- how I got on Secure too. So remind oh, okay. me, remind me to remind me to talk about how I got on that. Oh, okay, because um, <laughs> um, it goes, it kind of goes into this. But so we spent our day reading the pilots mm-hmm. and just kind of talking with each other. Like, what pilots did you like? Why did mm-hmm. you like it? Right. You know, we they would bring in ABC executives, and so you would try to meet. And so they gave us mentors. Mm-hmm. So you would you would maybe have like a weekly meeting, touch base meeting with your mentor, who was usually an ABC executive. Mm-hmm. And I mean, a lot of it is you're strategizing your career. Okay. You know, because yeah. at this moment in your career, you're trying to figure out, okay, what kind of writer am I? Mm-hmm. What is my sensibility? Um, what kind of show? And let's be clear, the first show you go on or the first couple of shows you go on, mm-hmm. they are going to somewhat define at least the early stages of your career. Okay. And you want to take a moment, you want to take a beat and figure out, like, well, what kind of writer do I want to be known as? Mm-hmm. I kind of always knew that my sensibility, like, I'm not a sci-fi person. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not a um, genre person. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a, like, soapy, <laughs> dramatic or very high concepty, dramatic mm-hmm. person. Character driven stuff is really important yeah, to me. That's what I love. But also things that are just super interesting. Mm-hmm. Things that deal with people of color, obviously, mm-hmm. are very mm-hmm. important to me. And, th- and when you're in their program, and I love their program. I mean, let me also say, like a lot of the diversity programs in Los Angeles, they're not without their flaws. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of things could be adjusted in those programs. Right. But the biggest thing you and I encourage everybody to apply for programs, work your hardest to get into them because. What you're doing is building your community. Mm-hmm. You're building your community of other writers. Oh, okay. And this is one very important piece of advice I'll give. Mm-hmm. You cannot make it in this business alone. That's true. If you don't have a team of other writers who you respect, mm-hmm. 
who you're friends with, genuine mm-hmm. friends with. Like Lena and I are genuine friendship. Me and Ramla, mm-hmm. genuine friendship. Mm-hmm. Me and Justin, genuine friendship. Um, and you can all see us all coming up sort of together. And right. even today when Ramla is going through her deal, you know, trying to figure out her deal with ABC, she's calling mm-hmm. me like, what do you think? I mean, mm-hmm. like, you're going to need that. And also when you do get staffed and get into the world mm-hmm. of writing, your agents and managers, they're going to send you out on a lot of general meetings. Mm-hmm. And Lena and I would always say, like, when I go to a meeting, it's like you're going to a meeting. Because mm-hmm. I'm going to mention you. Uh-huh. You know, I'm going to help tread some water for you or carry some water for you. Mm-hmm. You're going to go to meetings and mention me. Mm-hmm. So so if I find if I eventually go into that meeting, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I've heard about you. Oh, so maybe cool. the meeting is a little bit warmer mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. it might have not have been. You right, know what I mean? Because right, these... Right. When you're starting out, it's brutal because mm-hmm. you got to take these general <laughs> meetings. And I'm sorry, and I hope there's some executives listening. They don't want to take them. Right. They're very bored, <laughs> you know, and they have kind of a rote way that they talk to us mm-hmm. until they realize, like, oh, you're actually an interesting person. Let me actually get to know you because mm-hmm. you could actually be someone who I can put on the show or right. develop with. Right. They have to get there. Mm-hmm. They don't mm-hmm. always, especially for a baby writer, yeah. they're, they're never always come. They never always leave with that. So tell me, what was your first staff writing job? Sure. My first staff writing gig uh, was out of the ABC program, which is one of the great things about that program is that mm-hmm. you're going to get staffed on the show. Like pre- It's like pretty much 100% success rate that you get staffed mm-hmm. on the show. Oh, that's good. Now, they don't have a 100% retention rate after you get staffed on their first show. But we'll <laughs> talk about that. I'll get to that <laughs> with this question, actually. But I got staffed on a TV show that was on ABC Family, which is now called Freeform. It was a show called Chasing Life. And um, one, I got that job because I think my writing sort of spoke spoke to that show. That show was a show based on a Mexican format, and the Mexican format of the show was called Terminales. Terminales is a show about a young, a 20-year-old, 20-something-year-old Mexican girl Mm -hmm. who gets diagnosed with leukemia and she hides it from everybody because she just wants to be a normal 26 year 24 year old mm-hmm. she wants to go to parties and, mm-hmm. and have boyfriends and mm-hmm. and in the course of the season so chasing life was American adaptation of that so like I said earlier my mother died of cancer mm-hmm. and so when I was in my meeting and this is important when you go to meetings on shows mm-hmm. you have to find something in your life mm-hmm. that this show is addressing right and whatever show it is even if it's a show again about blowing up the White House mm-hmm. you can find find something in this show that you have a relationship to. Mm. You can search your life. For example, um, give me a show now. Let me see. Uh, what's the show? Uh, mm. Just say How to Get Away with Murder. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm meeting on How to Get Away with Murder, mm-hmm. you know, I'll talk about, you know, uh, what, what my college experience was like. Oh, okay. Or I would talk about... Um, you know, um, what would I talk about? What else would I talk about? <laughs> you know, like like being being in rooms where I'm the only person of color. Okay. Because mm-hmm. that show deals with that right. in a way. That show deals with Viola being a black woman mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. trying to break through the legal profession. And also the, the young kids. Yes. You know, there's only so many minorities there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a gay couple or mm-hmm. there's a gay character on that show. I would talk about my experiences being gay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like right, you, right. you have to connect it to you. Mm-hmm. And so when I, when I was interviewing on Chasing Life, I talked a lot about what it was like. I was like, I've been through cancer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know what it's like. Yeah. So if you... So you but, I'm, I, I didn't say this, so, but you're sort of pitching like if you want a writer in your writer's room that mm-hmm. knows about cancer, I'm your guy. Yeah, that's smart. You know? Yeah. <laughs> that's so very I worked, smart. Yeah, that was my first staff writing gig. Oh, okay. And um, then you went on, after that, did you go on to Hand of God? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. 
And no, um, let's talk about that. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, let's talk about that transition. Oh, okay. Like I was saying earlier, um, <sighs> unfortunately, a lot of writing programs, they're not necessarily set up to help you keep working. Okay. You know, and I think if you look at the number of writers after having guiding staff from a writer's program that are still working, I think mm-hmm. that number is something like 30 to 40%. Oh, wow. If, if, if even that high. Mm-hmm. I knew that going in because, for example, funny enough, mm-hmm. Ramla did the ABC writing program the year before I did. Okay. And she got, that's when she got uh, staffed on Scandal. Mm-hmm. You know, but she, was, she worked uh, as an assistant on, mm-hmm. I think, private practice or grays. Mm-hmm. So she was in the Shonda land camp already. Okay. Um, so it was a lot. So she knew she was going to go to Shonda when mm-hmm. she got her staffing. Um, but we, I mean, I would talk to her and she would like, yeah, me, she was like me and Zaire, Zaire mm-hmm. McGee, who wrote on, who wrote on scandal mm-hmm. also with her. She was like, we, maybe we're the only two that are still working. And this was, this was the year after their program. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So, this is a very important point because I knew that once I, and I, I didn't get asked back to chasing life mm-hmm. for whatever reasons, you know, uh, a lot of that sometimes has to do with the budget mm-hmm. because we're not on their budget. And then mm-hmm. for them, for us to become on their budget, which is not a huge ask, but they make mm-hmm. it seem like it is, but um, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Politics, <laughs> you know, politics, which you can't deny politics exists mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I knew that the odds were against me to mm-hmm. keep working. Okay. And I, this and this, in my opinion, was a turning point in my career. Okay. Uh, I know people may say, "Well, no, insecure." Mm-hmm. Like, no, <laughs> this was the turning point in my career. I'm mm-hmm. gonna tell you now, and I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Because I knew that I had to write a script mm-hmm. that would basically ensure me a job. Because mm-hmm. as a baby writer, mm-hmm. you don't have credits. Mm-hmm. All you have is what's on the page. Oh wow! And you have to. What's on the page mm-hmm. has to be a. A, a, if there's a word that's a more above X, it has to be superior. Mm-hmm. It has to be gut punching, like mm-hmm. I was sort of saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always wanted to tackle. Um, I'm from Memphis, mm-hmm. grew up in the church. I've always wanted to ch- tackle the church okay. in a drama TV series. Mm-hmm. So I wrote a TV show called Bishop. And Bishop is about a mega church pastor in mm-hmm. Houston mm-hmm. who sexually molests. 14-year-old girls in his congregation. Wow. Now, I was I was actually molested by mm-hmm. someone in the church when I was younger. Oh, wow. And so um, I had that experience to draw on. So in the first right. three pages of my pilot, the pastor, the fictional pastor in my show mm-hmm. is molesting a 14-year-old girl as he's praying over her. Uh, I want to see that show. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what I'm saying? Right. And, I, and, I, and I, I knew that I had to... So what's so funny about it is that... Um, I, I have executives to this day mm-hmm. who read Bishop when they were an assistant mm-hmm. and tell me that that's one of the best scripts they've ever read. Wow. Like, they're executives now, but they were assistants then. Mm-hmm. And I knew that. I knew I had to write something. Mm-hmm. And so it goes without saying that I would get a job on Hand of God. So Hand of God was... And, and, and mind you, this was, this was when Amazon wasn't... I mean, Amazon's popping now. Mm-hmm. They weren't yeah. popping back then. Yeah, I remember it was, like was just brand starting. New for them. It was brand new. We were mm-hmm. on their first series. So I, mm-hmm. I, I was on... On Amazon when they were first starting out, which I think is a really cool thing yeah. that I really, you know, I'm proud of. Um, but you know, Hand of God dealt with um, uh, what's I forgot the main character's name, the actor from Sons of Anarchy. Why am I blanking? Anyway, oh, I can't think the of lead the character, um, uh, his son mm-hmm. again, in the pile of Hand of God, mm-hmm. his son 
is murdered. Mm. And he is now having either hallucinations Mm -hmm. or God-given, God-driven dreams. He's having some sort of psychological, spiritual thing where Mm -hmm. his son is, he believes his son is speaking to him Mm -hmm. to try to, so he can find his son's killer. And he, he believes that his son is giving him clues like this bottle of water would Mm -hmm. would tip over Mm -hmm. and it would, and the the puddle would lead us to this person's office Ah. because that's the killer. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it was also, and so, the character was named Purnell, and then Purnell joined the church, mm-hmm. which okay. is kind of a, a evangelical church. It was mm-hmm. kind of the ch- church that I grew up in. Oh, okay. And so my my writing sample specifically matched that show. Wow. And I remember one of the um, one of the writers on the show, who was Ben Watkinson, who's our showrunner and creator, mm-hmm. uh, a really good friend of mine still. Um, Ben Watkins' assistant was reading scripts at the time, mm-hmm. and then his name is Danny, and then Danny got staffed with me. We were both staff writers, mm-hmm. uh, and Danny read my script, and he was like, I put your script at the top of the pile, and I was like, <laughs> Ben Watkins has to read this, wow. you know, and, and honestly, that's still one of my favorite scripts that I've wrote. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Cool. That sounds really interesting. Mm-hmm. It's one of those <laughs> scripts where, and people have told me this, mm-hmm. after the first three pages, either you can't read it anymore, mm-hmm. or you have to read it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you want to be shooting for yes. when you write something. You want to write something, especially when you're starting out. But mm-hmm. I mean, hell, whenever you're at whatever level, mm-hmm. you want to read something that really elicits an emotional response. Exactly. You really, and and this is another important point, you really got to dig within yourself mm-hmm. and you got to bear, like Lena would always say, you got to bear your soul on the page. Yeah. You got to bear true. it. That's you got to, you got, I mean, that, but that's what's the beauty of being a writer is that mm-hmm. we, we have a tool to mm-hmm. deal with our trauma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We can write about it. That's true. Everybody don't, everybody don't have that. Right, right. So because we have this tool at our disposal to write mm-hmm. about our trauma, which in my opinion then releases it, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. then starts our healing, mm-hmm. um, we have the best tool in the world. Yeah. And then we can make yeah. it entertaining. It doesn't have, and I'm not saying you have to specifically write about every single thing that happened. As mm-hmm. I said, I was molested, mm-hmm. but I created a show about a mega church pastor in Houston. I'm mm-hmm. not from Houston. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a 14-year-old girl. Right. But the emotionality of that experience mm-hmm. I know that specifically. Right. You can you put know? your own yeah. experience in it. Mm-hmm. And I can to creative license mm-hmm. to what that could feel like for a 14-year-old girl. Right, right. Yeah, I love shows that give me, like, a strong emotional reaction. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like if you're not doing that, then, like, why am I watching? Why am I here? You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why am I watching? Like, yeah. um one of the shows that when you mentioned where you either, you know, you're going to keep reading or you're going to put it down. One of the shows that had that effect on me is Handmaid's Tale. Oh, yes. I was For so sure. angry reading and yes. watching that show. Yes. <laughs> like I, so yeah. I stopped watching it. I got to pick it back up because I know I need to finish it. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm not in the headspace right oh now. Oh, my God. Absolutely. <laughs> so I was I like, think, I want to write like that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's just a, it's a very, you, that's writing from a very honest, vulnerable and also unlocking a part of your imagination mm-hmm. that you haven't used before or, mm-hmm. or that you've been dying to use, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I follow those writers and sort of read mm-hmm. about what they, and they, I mean, one is from a novel, so mm-hmm. I forget, the, uh, Margaret Atwood. Yes. Margaret Atwood, mm-hmm. her writing, mm-hmm. ugh, get out of here. <laughs> she, she's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I noticed like in one of her tweets or something recently, she's, she said something, and I couldn't, I can't remember exactly what it was, but the way she said it, I was like, ooh, She's kind of creepy. Yeah, she's you know, but I mean, look, we all have dark and light in us, and and she's mm-hmm. not afraid to access 
her darkness mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in order, and then but put that darkness in a character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To me, that's con- very constructive. Yes, you know. Yes. <laughs> so, what about um, in- insecure was next, or was yeah, insecure was next. It was next. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, how did that all come? Yeah, about? I'm, yeah. Insecure. I know you and uh, Issa are friends. Yeah, Issa but... and I were we're friends, mm-hmm. and we were we had been friends. Uh, you know, I I actually help. I was helping her and Denise Davis, her producing mm-hmm. partner. Because uh, they were launching uh, Color Creative at the mm-hmm. time, excuse me, and they were like mentoring writers, and they were, mm-hmm. and so Lena and I, uh, me, Lena, and a lot of our friends, we started this thing called the Table Read series. Mm-hmm. Okay, where it was basically a way for we have a lot of actor friends, have a lot of writer friends, mm-hmm. and we were like, why don't we all come together? Y'all read our scripts because mm-hmm. here as a writer, you need to hear your script out loud, mm-hmm. and also it, it, when you're coming up in the business. It, I know it can often feel like I'm just writing, I'm just writing, mm-hmm, I'm just writing. Mm-hmm. And so a way to break that monotony, in my opinion, is to, you know, get your friends together mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in your living room, yeah. print out 10 scripts, mm-hmm. give them some wine and cheese, <laughs> and have them read your script out, assign mm-hmm. parts to the characters, yeah, yeah. you know, assign a person, a good person to read mm-hmm. the stage directions, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, and so you can hear your work out loud, you can hear, and then, so we would do that for, we did that for, my, we did that for Bishop, mm-hmm. we did that for uh, Lena's scripts, mm-hmm. we did that for Justin's scripts, for my friend, that's how we did Stepsisters, Okay. for Chuck, who, Chuck Hayward, who wrote that script. Mm-hmm. We table read that script for like two years. Wow. You know? And so we started this table read series um, where we would literally just get a chance to hear our scripts and hear our scripts out loud. And so mm-hmm. Issa had heard about that. And I think she had come to a few, uh, just kind of sit and observe. And also after we would read the script, we have mm-hmm. a discussion about the material. Yes. And that's what's so beautiful about it is because we were all invested mm-hmm. in helping this one writer make mm-hmm. their script the best it can be. Right, right. And the actors get a little, they, they get a chance because... Actors, either actors are acting in class or mm-hmm. on auditions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True. Which is like, let's give you guys a platform to hone your craft. Mm-hmm. We're all learning and growing here. Yeah. yeah. And, and the, as you can see, all of us who are in that sort of incubator, mm-hmm. we're all successful. We're all working, mm-hmm. you know. And so Issa Ray wanted me and wanted Lena and I to put together some table reads for a lot of the scripts that she mm-hmm. was looking to develop for her company. Okay. So, I, so that's where we start. I mean, we had a friendship socially, but mm-hmm. then we set up a professional relationship that way. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> I got staffed on Insecure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I had while I was on Hand of God, I mm-hmm. sold uh, a show to HBO called Bros, mm-hmm. which I also did a pilot presentation for. Which basically, I, I just shot four scenes from it, mm-hmm. put it up online, and I, and I it went viral. I got a great reaction from it. Basically, the mm-hmm. show is my life. Uh, it's basically about. Three African American brothers, mm-hmm. two straight and one gay, is mm-hmm. they're all trying to figure out love. Mm-hmm. And the straight brothers, they actually love the fact that their yeah. brother is gay. Yeah, they're I like, remember seeing that. Yeah, they I go to the gay really club with them. They're like, "Who's the dude you dated?" <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I love how they were so supportive. Yeah, so I mean, that's how my brothers are. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. I wanted to write a show about that because it's, it's mm-hmm. you know we're a black family, we're black yeah. men. That's unique. Yeah, unfortunately, but fortunately, you know. Yeah, because <laughs> in in our community, it's like, you know, in the black community, it's hard for people to be accepted. We were yeah. still kind of going through that, yeah, you know, exactly. homophobic Which type is, of thing. And, and, but just, just in really general, crazy. like, you know, I think, um, I think black people, mm-hmm. we're really starting to show our diverse diversity mm-hmm. in a lot of aspects, mm-hmm. sexuality, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, religious beliefs, mm-hmm. you know, in a way that we, I think we're still, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're on the 
uptick of that, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah. Um, With the millennials. I think the millennials are caring. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so um, I done bros. I sold bros mm-hmm. to HBO while I was on Hand of God. Okay. And actually, bros was in contention at HBO the same time mm-hmm. Insecure was. Okay. And so... Uh, HBO uh, did not go through with bros. Mm-hmm. They did pick up Insecure, but mm-hmm. Issa was in development with Insecure for about three years. So. Oh, wow. It was That's a long, long time. It was like That's maybe two and a half years. And I remember have, we, we'd have dinner and we just mm-hmm. sort of chat and she was like, I'm still waiting. You know, mm-hmm. but again, I, I have to give huge, huge kudos to my good friend Issa. Mm-hmm. She is, uh, in my opinion, the epitome of mm-hmm. class and grace and wit and yeah. charm and professionalism. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's all that. And that's why I love her to this day because she's really awesome. Yeah. Um, and so they picked up Insecure. Mm-hmm. Issa sent me a text. Okay. That's important because it never happens that way. <laughs> Normally it's agents and managers and lawyers. Mm-hmm. Issa sent me a text like, hey, Ben, you want to ride on my show? I'm like, of course. Like, yes, please. Yes, please. (laughs) And it's so funny because remember I talked about like making sure you read the script for the Mm -hmm. show you have a meeting on. I had no Mm -hmm. meeting on Insecure. Oh. And so I think she texted me like a Thursday Mm -hmm. and she was like, all right, we start on Monday. Here's the address. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Like, are you sure? But you know what? If I'm being very honest, Mm -hmm. that's how the white people do it. Oh. You know, okay. they, they, they get a show, <laughs> mm-hmm. they hire their friends. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, they're talented friends. Right, right. And, and I'm just so happy that Issa was in a position to hire her talented friends. She yeah, hired me, she hired Amy Aniobi, who had mm-hmm. done Aqua Black Girl with mm-hmm. her. And Amy and I was one of my closest friends mm-hmm. to this day. And, and so I remember, so I, I think that was like a Thursday, and I was uh-huh. like, all right, I'm, I'm starting Insecure <laughs> on Monday. And I was like, wait a minute. Uh, can I read the script or see the but they had shot the pilot mm-hmm. and so I was like hey before I come to work can I see the pilot mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember emailing her and our showrunner Princess Penny mm-hmm. and I was like hey can I see the pilot and they were like oh <laughs> shit sorry here well, I mean, we just knew you were, you know but I saw the pilot and I fell in love with the show and, yeah, I and love that the show. rest is the rest is TV gold history in my opinion I think yes. that's such a I think Insecure will go down into history as a as a point where mm-hmm. black entertainment changed. Mm, and yes. I think insecure, um, largely insecure, a lot of Atlanta for mm-hmm. FX, Donald Glover. Mm-hmm. I think those two mm, shows, yes. in my opinion, mm-hmm. I'm a little biased because I worked in Insecure. <laughs> but I do I mean, I really think that insecure I mean since insecure, the tenor of the meetings that I have are a lot different. Mm-hmm. The tenor, in my opinion, of the appetite that the industry now has Mm -hmm. for content for people of color Mm -hmm. and young people has changed. And so uh, I think, you know, in my opinion, again, it's all my opinion, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think Insecure would go down in the history, in the annals annals of... (laughs) of shows that really marked a shift in TV. I think so. Yeah. I think so, too. Because mm-hmm. people weren't used to looking at that snapshot of young millennial black folks yeah. in L.A., you know, right. coming up in their careers, yeah. and then also, you know, their social life and yeah. things like that. And the show, Issa says all the time, mm-hmm. the show is basic as fuck. <laughs> in a way that, like, we're, I mean, we have, we there's, there's things that we were trying to say with the show, mm-hmm. but we're literally just following these characters' daily lives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like, there's not murders, there's not yeah. high concept Get get this get dad in rehab mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah. It is literally 
she's having Issa's having issues in dating. Mm -hmm. Molly's having issues at the law firm. Mm -hmm. Lawrence is having self esteem issues. Yeah, you know, and it's just, and I think as as in our writing staff, oh my god, my insecure family, Mm -hmm. like I forever has a special (laughs) place in my heart um, because I mean we would just sit around that table and just talk very candidly about our experiences and mm-hmm. what, what struggles we have and what mm-hmm. challenges we have. You know, I was, I was really the one in that writer's room who was very much like annoyed that mm-hmm. black men can't be diverse or mm-hmm. aren't diverse. Mm-hmm. And so I remember in season one, which in my opinion, I think, I think our show mm-hmm. hit its stride and, and hit, hit a nerve mm-hmm. when we had a character on there who was a black man mm-hmm. and he was like, yeah, I had a relationship. I had a sexual encounter with a dude before, but I'm not gay. You know, Do I, rem- I don't remember. It was the guy who Molly dated sort of the fair skinned guy. Uh, oh, yes, season yes, one, yes. Jared yes. is his name. Okay, I remember that. Um, and like Molly and her girl, and so then the next scene, Molly and her girls, they talk about it. Mm-hmm. Well, you like, and they, ha- they they have a discussion which a lot of black women have. Mm-hmm. If a black man admits to you that he had been with a man before, mm-hmm. would you still date him? Yeah. And that was a discussion. I mean, we would have heated. I mean, mm-hmm. heated oh, wow. in a good way uh-huh. discussions in the writers' room, uh-huh. and a lot of black women in our writers' room were mm-hmm. like, "No, I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. If he if he met, messed with a dude before, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't do it." And I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> and I was like, "Well, girl, women can do it." Because you know me, like I'm just mm-hmm. like, I'm, and also I was trying to play devil's advocate, uh-huh. and and that's what we realized with insecure when we would hit our sweet spot would mm-hmm. be the moment because we had such an eclectic group of writers mm-hmm. and a and a great. I mean, Issa cast an all-star team of writers, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Oh, wow. And so we were having debates. Because normally we all kind of agreed, like, mm-hmm. a lot of shit's fucked up. Like, <laughs> the racial stuff that happens, that, that right. ain't cool. We all agree on that. Right. And even when we were doing second season, and we it was an oral sex mm-hmm. conversation about mm-hmm. the way black women view oral sex mm-hmm. versus the way white, non-black women view oral sex. Mm-hmm. And we, would, we just knew that... Whenever our writing was divided on something, mm-hmm. we knew that the world would be divided on it, or our audience would be divided on it. Uh-huh. You know, I remember going home for, for Christmas one year, <laughs> and I went to a Christmas party at one of my high school friends' house, and there was mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of young black people in the house, mm-hmm. and they realized that I wrote for Insecure, and uh-huh. it became a battle of the sexes. Like, Issa's wrong for doing this. Why she do her? Why she do my man like that? Oh yeah, you know, like, that. Well, he was on the couch for a year, <laughs> and he deserved this. I mean, like you. You would you would you would have thought that they were talking about real people, uh, right? And that's the beauty of it. <laughs> yeah, you know? like people were mad about uh, was it, is it Lawrence? Lawrence? Yeah, uh-huh. oh, they, they were like talking to Issa like it was actually her. I was yeah, like, and, calm down. It's a <laughs> what's so funny is that and Issa Issa says that like one of the one of the biggest mistakes she made was naming the character Issa. Uh, yes. So people <laughs> like people be on Twitter like Issa, you a bitch, you a this, you a that. She was like, guys, that's the character, it's not right. me. <laughs> I think if she could go back, she would call the character Tina or something. <laughs> call her something different. But that's good. She got that emotional response. She sure did. What she wants. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Now, how does that working on that show differ from working on Underground? <laughs> Which, like I said, I'm still in mourning. I'm pissed that that is no longer on the air. Cause, yeah. Oh, my God. Let me tell you sure. about uh, my experience with Underground. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love the hell out of that show. Because it stressed me the hell out. <laughs> like, I would be watching the show, I'd be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, I can't. And I would just be tense, and I'd be looking at it. I'd be pissed off. And, like, but I just had to keep watching it because it was so just, it was just impactful. Yeah. And and I loved um, 
what was her character? Uh, her nickname character. Her nickname was um, Black the Black Rose. Black Rose. Yep. I loved her character because she was so kick ass. Mm-hmm. She was kick ass. Mm-hmm. I love that about her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Underground. So after first season of Insecure, mm-hmm. I did second season of Underground. In between, I'm sorry, yeah, in between going back to Insecure second season, I did mm-hmm. Underground. Okay. For a very specific reason because I wanted, I was in, just as you were talking about, I was in love with the show first season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know, again, I'm a drama writer mm-hmm. at my core, mm-hmm. but I can also write comedy. But also I think comedy is kind of a lot more dramatic than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wrote on that show and, and um, at the time, when, if, I could, if I could name like a writing apex mm-hmm. that I had, I wrote two episodes mm-hmm. on uh, second season of Underground. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because I looked, I have, I have all the, the uh, cover page of all the scripts mm-hmm. I've wrote on my mm-hmm. on my wall in my home, oh. just to mm-hmm. one to remind myself from mm-hmm. how far I've come, and also yeah. to remind myself like you 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 a bad writer. <laughs> whenever I feel down or whatever, you did that. You did that. <laughs> and it's so funny because I wrote two episodes, mm-hmm. and one episode called White Face, mm-hmm. and one episode is called White Christmas. And it just hit me the other day. I'm like, both of these episode titles have white in it. It's mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, Underground, if I could say a writing apex, that was it mm. at that time. I mean, I've yeah. had more since then, but uh, as far as like me being able to spread my wings in the drama format mm-hmm. um, and just me being able to, I mean, slavery mm. is the most misunderstood yes. thing in our world and our yes. If 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 our if the president mm-hmm. specifically or people who have that kind of stature, if they just knew a modicum about slavery, this world would be a lot different. Exactly. If most people just knew the atrocity mm-hmm. that slavery was, if most if any and, and I thought I knew I went to HBCU, I went to Morehouse. Mm-hmm. I have a I have a degree in literature mm-hmm. and finance, and mm-hmm. so I, I I read a lot of African American literature. I read Caribbean yeah. literature. Yeah. I read a lot of slave narratives. Me too. Um, <laughs> I thought I knew. I had no idea. Yeah, it, that's why I connected to the show so much because I studied, you know, our history extensively mm, in school. Nice. Like I had a minor in Pan African studies. Oh, awesome! I was like. Maybe five classes away Where, from having a double major. Uh, CSUN. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I was like maybe like five or six classes away from having a double major, but mm-hmm. I wanted to get out. For sure. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, just learning all of that and just like the details of yeah. what we went through. Most people just know, okay, yeah. we pick cotton, we were whipped, yeah. and you know, we were in change. That's just. That's only scratched the surface. That only, in, yeah. season, in season two, we we depicted the Gullah Geechee plantations. Mm-hmm. Most and most people didn't know that there were rice plantations, mm-hmm. which is you have to harvest and rice and tobacco. Mm-hmm. You, have, you have to harvest mm-hmm. rice and water. Yeah. So slaves were building irrigation systems. Yes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, it's and it's insane. And it's funny you mentioned the black rose. That experience on underground was so important to me and life changing. Mm-hmm. I got a tattoo of a black rose on my oh, arm. Wow. And I got it, and I told my tattoo artist, "Give me a black rose," because wow. Journey Smollett Bell, who who portrayed that character, is one of our national treasures. Yes. When it comes to artists, mm-hmm. um, that whole cast mm-hmm. is brilliant. Um, I'll, I'll give you a little hint mm-hmm. that I am. Um, currently developing a show mm-hmm. that's again set during slavery from a different POV than what underground is but mm-hmm. like you like I I'm committed to making sure that there is more knowledge about mm-hmm. slavery out yeah. there and we need it, and, and a lot of our people tend to turn away from it because it's so painful. Mm-hmm. They don't want to look like 
we don't want to see another slave movie. Mm-hmm. But it's like if it's done right, yep. people will you know tune in. Yep. You know because it, it has to give you something different. Yeah, you absolutely, know? absolutely. So yeah, I think that's amazing. Thank you. And um, let's see how you looking on time. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> okay. And um, I may have another ten minutes or so. Okay. Uh, let's see. I mean, you know, I get to talking, and this is my. Fi- <laughs> you know, I love writing so much. I can talk about this all day. Right. Me yeah. too. <laughs> um, you also produce Stepsisters with Lena. Mm-hmm. Um, what's it like working with Lena? You guys have worked together for a long yeah, time. Yeah. No, I mean that's that's one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. So it's really great when you can. Work with your work with your friends mm-hmm. and make money with your friends right. and make great art. Uh, mm-hmm. Stepsis is really important mm-hmm. and a really fun. It was just fun, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, we got to cast our friends in mm-hmm. this in this movie. We got to make a movie for Netflix. It was wow. we, we shot it down in Atlanta. Wow. You know, I I'm Greek. I'm mm-hmm. a Kappa, and so to, to, to talk about that and to mm-hmm. like, you know, it was just super fun. Mm-hmm. I love that experience. And we're trying to um, we're trying to turn that into a series for Netflix mm-hmm. also. Oh, okay, that'd be real good. Yeah. Okay. So what's your approach to deciding what kind of films or TV shows, like if you're going to partner with Lena or something, mm-hmm. like what, what, how do you guys approach that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of on a per-project basis, mm-hmm. which I think would kind of lead us into Boomerang. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll share a story about how that came to be, uh, which premieres next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Check it out. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, because we're friends, I mean, you know, um, again, like you want to collaborate with people you know and trust mm-hmm. and you, you respect their work. Mm-hmm. Um, and... BT and Paramount had already decided. So, Boomerang is a Paramount movie. Okay. BT and Paramount are both owned by Viacom. Mm-hmm. So, it makes sort of sense for them to find synergies and ways to work together. Mm-hmm. Boomerang is a beloved movie in the black community. Yes. So, B, BT, it, it literally was like, I think BT was kind of going through a notebook of like all the Paramount mm-hmm. movies. And they were like, oh, Boomerang, let's make this a TV show. <laughs> but so they picked the t- they picked the series up, straight to series for 10 episodes, mm-hmm. but they had no idea what the show would be. And they, wow. they were taking meetings with different. Uh, writers and different producers mm-hmm. and Lena called the head of BT because mm-hmm. that's what Lena can do <laughs> and she was like I'll she do it yeah she got the clout she got an Emmy that so Emmy come clout. on <laughs> so Lena called the head of BT and was like alright I'll do it like I'll do it mm-hmm. and she assembled a great team she got me a showrunner mm-hmm. Don Davis is our director she also had a conversation with Halle Berry Halle Berry mm-hmm. came on board to, to produce yeah. um, and our boomerang follows so if Eddie Murphy and Halle Berry, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the movie, Eddie Murphy and Halle Berry, they walk off into the sunset mm-hmm. being serenaded by Babyface. Right. We assume that they're going to go off and get married and have kids. Mm-hmm. If they had a kid in 1992 when the film came out, that oh. kid would be 26 years old today. Okay. So our show follows their kid mm-hmm. and Robin Givens' son okay. as these young people and their friends are all living in Atlanta and working in advertising like their parents. Oh, wow. I was wondering what, what would be the take on it and how, how it would be like the original and how yeah. it would be different. It's, from it's like the original in the sense that they're working advertising. The show's mm-hmm. not about advertising, but mm-hmm. they work in advertising. But the biggest thing I've always said about Boomerang is that our goal was not to recreate a classic because right. you can't. Right. Yeah. You should dare. <laughs> However, I know the way Boomerang made me feel when mm-hmm. I watched it. Mm-hmm. And I watched it as a kid and I watched it years later. It made me feel black. Yes. As hell. And proud. And proud. Because mm-hmm. it was an all-black movie. If you uh-huh. notice, it's an all-black movie. Even all the extras are black. Yes. Except Everybody the, is everybody's black. black. It's a, <laughs> and, it is, and it's so funny because they have this advertising agency and they never explain, how does a black-owned advertising agency right. in this big old building? And it made a lot of white people <laughs> mad mm. at the mm. time. Eddie Murphy does interviews. He does, He has a great interview with Arsenio Hall where he mm-hmm. talks about that. And um, so Boomerang made me feel... Black and mm-hmm. sexy mm-hmm. and cosmopolitan mm-hmm. and professional, yes. and 
it's just unique mm-hmm. and artistic. Yes. And so we wanted our show, and, and you'll watch the show and you'll see vestiges of the movie in the mm-hmm. show. Like there's actually mm-hmm. certain like scenes that we mirror, but, okay. with, but with our characters. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, and largely the most part, um, you we hope you will feel the same way Boomerang mm-hmm. made you feel. Okay. You know? Okay, yeah, because yeah, I've seen online where people were like, uh, pretty much in protest. How are they gonna? Uh, they always with younger that. people and they stuff. So I was wondering, that. I was like, well, what is it taking? So now that you yeah. say that, it's like remember, their yeah. child. And people are protesting stepsisters. Like they're yeah, gonna, it's like they're oh gonna Lord. protest everything. Gonna, and then they're gonna watch it. Like, oh, this is actually pretty good. Right, right. Like we know. Thank you. Yeah, but I mean, a lot. Like you know, Lena and I, we work together on select projects. But I mean, mm-hmm. she has her own entity, and I have my own entity. So okay. I mean, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, so speaking of Boomerang, like I know you guys have Halle Berry executive producing mm-hmm. also. Was that just like a natural uh, thing to have her be on the project or yeah, was I mean, she interested in it first? She was or? interested in it because, mm-hmm. I mean, one, we didn't want to do this if we didn't have the blessing mm-hmm. from her specifically, mm-hmm. Lena had Lena had a pre-existing relationship with Hallie. Okay, uh, like we don't know Eddie Murphy. I don't know Eddie Murphy. I don't think mm-hmm. Lena really knows him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lena had a really good relationship with Halle Berry mm-hmm. prior to this because a lot of the, a lot of black fem- a lot of black female actresses and writers and producers mm-hmm. in Hollywood they've been meeting mm-hmm. about the Me Too stuff, Me Too movement, and yeah. about the you know. Us two, like, you know, they, so Lena and Holly Berry have a relationship. And so mm-hmm. when we were do, trying to develop the show, we wanted mm-hmm. Holly to be involved. And also, we made we definitely made it a point to bring Reginald Hudlin mm-hmm. in the fold, who, oh, who yes. direct, wrote and directed the original movie. Yes. Right, <laughs> and who did House Party, the famed mm-hmm. Reginald Hudlin. Yeah. He came I wish out. he did more movies. Yeah, more I mean, frequently. he's still working. He's, you know, he's in it. Mm-hmm. And so Reginald Hudlin came out of Writer's mm-hmm. Room, um, and, and really we talked him through a lot of stuff. He gave us our, mm-hmm. I mean, he gave us our blessing. It was his blessing. You know, this is his movie and his baby Mm -hmm. and him and and Eddie created this. And so he's, he's, he loves the idea Mm -hmm. that the, that it's a new millennial approach Mm -hmm. to it. You know, uh, the characters work at the Graham agency, Mm -hmm. which which is the Marcus Graham agency, the Angela Graham (laughs) agency, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been, I mean, being a showrunner is, was the, uh, I wouldn't say it was the hardest job. It was the biggest Mm -hmm. job I've ever had Mm -hmm. because as opposed to just being a writer and a mm-hmm. producer, right. I have to be a manager. Mm-hmm. I have to be a babysitter. I, yeah, I'll just I have to babysitter. be mom. I have to be dad. Mm-hmm. I have to be creative. I have to be a leader. Mm-hmm. I have to be uh, HR. HR. <laughs> sure, I have to be. I have to be strict when it needs to be strict. Mm-hmm. I, I need to. I have to put people in a place when they need to be put in a place. Wow. I have to, you know, make sure. I, I have to know how to build bridges because mm-hmm. at the end of the day. I, I tell people my job as a showrunner mm-hmm. is to provide a safe space for artists to be mm-hmm. artists. Oh, wow. And that I means like that. everybody from my costume designer, mm-hmm. my makeup, my hair. Mm-hmm. These are all artists. Yes. And they look at their, they, their jobs are artists. Mm-hmm. You know, they mm-hmm. are, our costume designer comes in, She she's an artist. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. telling a story via clothes. Mm-hmm. They're telling a story via hair. Mm-hmm. They're telling a story via production design. Yeah. They're telling a story via sound, mm-hmm. via, mm-hmm. via lighting. Yeah. You know, and I have to make I have to make sure that everybody who came <laughs> to work and who came to be an artist <laughs> has a safe space to do that. I love that. And that's and and I there's there's a lot of ways you can do that, and I tried all. I mean, I did all of them. I had to. I used all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, we were on location in Atlanta for four mm-hmm. months. We, oh, built, wow. we built no sets, mm-hmm. so every sh- every shot is a is a we're at the actual place. Oh wow! We didn't build anything. It's mm-hmm. no third. You know, it's no just mm-hmm. walls. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so um, 
it, it's, it's, it's an experience that changed my life. Oh. And my actors, mm-hmm. our actors, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Just to work with these young, talented mm-hmm. artists, it, it was, it, it, it warms my heart. Oh, you know wow. what I mean? And, they, wow. they, and, you know, and this industry does not always allow you to infuse new mm-hmm. talent into it all the time. Yes. That's Everybody's true. like, they well, want a face. who's the name? Who's mm-hmm. the name? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I have a friend developing a movie now and like she had to send over a list of 15 big name actors. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, yeah. well, we have to create big name actors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We have to give them a platform to show what they got. You yeah, because it starts getting stale if you keep saying the mm-hmm. same, seeing the same person over. And I think and that's over what, and that's what was happening in like the late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, like much disrespect to these actors, but mm-hmm. if I see Vivica Fox or Morris Chestnut <laughs> in another movie, mm-hmm, you mean mm-hmm. to tell me ain't nobody else out here? Right, right. Like mm-hmm. I, I want them to eat and get a check. Mm-hmm. I, I surely do. Right. However, <laughs> we just got the studio system and these networks just got into a thing mm-hmm. of like. They were just mm-hmm. very afraid to, to break new talent, yeah. and we can't do that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I like what we're doing now to a lot of what Spike Lee was doing yes. back in the day when he, mm-hmm. when he broke Rosie Perez. Yeah. I, it's so funny because Robbie Reed, our, was, he, she's the casting director at mm-hmm. BT. Mm-hmm. Spent, I spent a lot of time with Robbie during this process, mm-hmm. and she's a wealth of information. I mean, mm-hmm. Robbie Reed tells tell stories of Spike Lee, her and Spike Lee auditioning Rosie Perez wow. to do the right thing in Spike Lee's living in her living room wow. in, Brooklyn, in Brooklyn. That's amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Spike Lee, I mean, Robbie Reed, mm-hmm. we had a cast dinner when we first started. Mm-hmm. Robbie Reed pulled Lala Milan, mm-hmm. one of our actors who we found on Instagram. Okay. She pulled one of our actors to the side, mm-hmm. Lala to the side, and said, You remind me of when we found Rosie Perez. Wow. You know? Yeah, that's, and that's, that's beautiful. a compliment. That's a compliment, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Robbie's a legend. It's a legend, legendary. <laughs> Yeah, she did the casting for um, for our show. Mm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. people play. So when does um, Boomerang come out? It comes out this Tuesday, February twelfth. Tuesday, ten nine Central. Oh wow! <laughs> I'm excited to see it, especially now that you said that's what it's going to yeah. be. Yeah, I'm really and excited. The to see the, it. Um, the premiere is a special one hour episode, mm-hmm. so we're basically oh, okay. showing episode one and episode two, mm-hmm. and then every from there it's thirty minute episodes every week, every Tuesday. Oh, wow! Yeah, I'm so really looking super, forward to I'm it. I'm so so excited. I can't <laughs> wait. It, it's it's boundary pushing mm-hmm. as as only Lee and Lena and I can do. Um, <laughs> it is shot beautifully. Mm. It is uh, it, it's 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 something for people to talk about for sure so I'm excited to see what people say about it okay yes so um, let's talk about your writing process real Mm -hmm. quick like when you get an idea in your head um, what do you do how do you start the process yeah Um, I mean it all depends really honestly I mean at this stage of my career um, I'm, I put together. I spend a lot of my time putting together pitch decks. Mm-hmm. So I'll like if I have a show idea, I'll just make a pitch deck for it. Okay. Just because I know I have to go into a network and talk mm-hmm. about what the show is. But when I actually physically sit down to write, mm-hmm. I mean, I outline very heavily. Mm-hmm. Outline a lot. You mm-hmm. have to outline a lot because yes. outlining would just help you before you start the script phase. Mm-hmm. Um, outline a lot I mean I'm, I'm on my whiteboard a lot mm-hmm. you know just kind of getting in there you yeah. know just kind of figure you have to figure out where it starts where it ends you do. and everything in the middle yeah you know? I don't understand people who write by the seat of their pants I'm like no I mean if it works for you that's great yeah. but I'm like but me I'm like I you, I, I be you, like all over the place. Yeah, you also have to see, like, when you write things down, you mm-hmm. kind of see the holes. So I advise everybody, like, buy you, like, a little whiteboard at your house. Mm-hmm. I have one on, I have two on wheels at mm-hmm. my house. Um, and I just, you know, you just kind of, I, I, I work it out. You mm-hmm. kind of work it out. Mm-hmm. And then, so, and then you outline it from there. Mm-hmm. I'm a very heavy outliner. You don't, you may not have to outline so much, but at mm-hmm. least, like, put the beats down. Right. Of what everything is. And, mm-hmm. you know, you should, 
you should pitch it out loud to somebody. Mm-hmm. And when you pitch it out loud, like you should basically pitch your whole show scene by scene to somebody. Mm-hmm. And then once you're pitching it, you'll see like, ooh, this scene's kind of weak. It ain't really about nothing. Right, right. So let me go back. Let me go back and fix that. Mm-hmm. You have like, yeah, this scene is about Tom and Jane. Mm-hmm. She comes over. But, but, but the next scene, Tom is going to go, I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> if I'm going to sit here and watch Tom and Jane, uh-huh. they need to be doing something. Right. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. So it, it, it really is just a lot. I mean, I, I employ everybody to, you know, make a writer's room at your house. Mm-hmm. Get your mm-hmm. friends over. Help them, like, make them help you figure this out. Like, yes. the biggest message I want to leave you guys with is mm-hmm. like, don't do this alone. Right. You know, right. don't do this alone. Find a group of people mm-hmm. who are doing the same thing you are. Get on yeah. Facebook and say, hey, anybody looking for a writer's group? Mm-hmm. Hey, That's, wanna... It's so important because yeah. sometimes when you're writing something, you, you're you so close to it, you can't see, can't see the it. flaws in for it. Sure. You, you're thinking you're getting your point across, but it's not coming across. Mm-hmm. So your writing partners will tell you, well, I don't get that. you know. Yeah. And then you have to come up with a way to make them understand what you're trying to say right. and so right. they help you with that yeah and the last piece of advice i'll leave you guys with mm-hmm. is you know you have to find your why yes and i and what that means is mm-hmm. um this business is very tough especially mm-hmm. for black people yeah in the sense that um you know none of it's really easy there's a lot of money at stake mm-hmm. we're asking mm-hmm. these networks and studios to give us a lot of money to trust mm-hmm. us with a lot of money to make art and they may put you they're going to put you through hurdles mm-hmm. and again you may and a, and a lot of it is a lot of self-inflicted stuff mm-hmm. like you know this 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 business or this doing this endeavor as a mm-hmm. writer producer is going to sh- rack your confidence it's going to shake your confidence it's going to mm-hmm. shake who you think you are it's yeah. going sh- to teach you about yourself it's going to knock mm-hmm. you down on your ass I mean I applied <laughs> for that program four years in a row mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. felt defeated a lot of times yeah. but my why is I do this for the little boy who's mm-hmm. in Memphis, Tennessee right mm-hmm. now, who's mm-hmm. 10 years old, mm-hmm. who may be a little different because yeah. he likes to write. He's mm-hmm. a little bit of a nerd. <laughs> and that's why I'm always out here trying to be visible because I want mm-hmm. him to see that he's fine who he yeah. is. Representation matters. Representation matters. Mm-hmm. You know, I do this I do this for people like that. And mm-hmm. because I'm visible now, I mean, I get messages on Facebook and Instagram mm-hmm. all the time from young mm-hmm. people who are like, I never thought I could be a writer, but mm-hmm. thank God. I mean, I thank God that God allowed, allowed gave me this gift of writing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because get, this gift of writing has changed my life. It has mm-hmm. helped me to conquer my demons mm-hmm. it has helped me to understand myself mm-hmm. better so that I can help other people yeah and if I can pass on this gift of writing to somebody else mm-hmm. so they can make their lives better and mm-hmm. enhanced then that's my why so yeah. everybody and, and that may not have to be your why everybody mm-hmm. has to find your own because at the end of the day when, when you come home at night and this, this business has beaten you up mm-hmm. your why is what's going to get you out of bed the next morning exactly exactly you know? yeah. all right and final question what's next for Ben Corey Jones <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, hopefully Boomerang gets another season. I know. We love it. Um, I'm sure, you know, I'm very hopeful. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. But you know what's so great about that is mm-hmm. this is probably the first time in my career where mm-hmm. I'm so happy to say I don't know. Because mm. now I have some time just to sit sit back and right. figure out what I want to do. Pick and choose. Pick and choose. You know? <laughs> I mean, I've, I've worked a lot. I've mm-hmm. worked nonstop. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, by the grace of God, I, you know, I will, I'll, I can get jobs. I can mm-hmm. write, I can go home and right now 
write a mm-hmm. script that a lot of people would want. Yeah. Uh, so now I don't know, and I'm so happy to mm-hmm. say that. Yeah. Because I'm going to take some time to figure it out. <laughs> I like that. I like that. All right. Yeah. So everybody make sure you tune in to Boomerang coming up on BET. When again? Next Tuesday, Next February Tuesday. 12th, 10 right. Central. Yeah. And Thank tell you. the people where they can find you. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm at Ben the Writer pretty much on all social platforms. <laughs> um, ben Corey Jones on Facebook. Hit me up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I respond to DMs. So, <laughs> you know, I'm out, here, I'm out here trying to make sure that it, whatever I, whatever I've experienced, whatever tools I have, mm-hmm. I can help somebody. My main goal is to help others. So yeah. let's do it. Yeah. And you got to you gotta follow me on Instagram. Yeah, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Yeah, thank you thank so much you, for having thank me. Thank you so I much. So I appreciate this. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thanks for taking the time to tune in to the Wordy Girl Entertainment Podcast. Don't forget to check out my blog at www.wordygirlent.com. That's W-O-R-D-Y-G-I-R-L-E-N-T.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at at WordyGirlENT and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash wordygirlent and always remember it all begins with a single word so what are you waiting for go right